uh, first of all, I would like to congratulate uh, Austin FC, um, his staff, and uh, his players uh, to reach in the West Conference uh, final. Um, then, secondly, I, I would like to <clears throat> to say that if we go back at the beginning of the year, after the disappointment of the last season, and uh, every one of you, uh, pretty sure had a lot of doubts about what uh, this team could do this year. What I want to say, like, I feel really, really proud of uh, my players, uh, my staff, the entire uh, front office and the club for all the hard work that they've done throughout the year uh, that put us in a position to be fighting for uh, uh, be in the Western Conference final. We couldn't do it. We got, we got short um, in the first half. Uh, we didn't show. Uh, what we are able to do in the second half, we we were what we are, right? A brave team, uh, an aggressive team, and we had the chances to to change a little the the score. Uh, we got short there uh, in the chances that we had, but uh, I want to send a send a positive uh, uh, message from the entire season that this team has done. We're disappointing today, but uh, we learn uh, to come stronger uh, for in the next season. Hey, welcome everyone to Big D After Dark. Jose is joining us here in just a moment uh, as we get started here. And we feel the sadness from head coach, FC Dallas head coach, Nico Estevez, after the disappointing result from the semifinal yesterday as FC Dallas is down 2-1 to one by our hated rival, Austin FC. Tough night, tough uh, tough evening for FC Dallas fans. We had that glimmer of hope with an Alan Velasco goal, but in the end, it was uh, a, a not a great start for FC Dallas in that first half. They had to make some changes. They certainly rebounded and looked much stronger in the second half, but not enough. Unfortunately, not enough gas in the tank. Uh, a lot to learn, though, as we think about this season, and a lot to be thankful for and, and be proud of. In fact, here comes Jose right now. Um, let me get you in, Jose. Yeah, so we started out with Sad Nico, though he's proud of his guys. We've got some comments already flowing in. Um, we appreciate you all watching tonight. Welcome to Big D After Dark. I'm Nathan. This is Jose. We'll get started. Ishmael may join us later. I don't know his status tonight. But, hey, a tough one. A tough evening. Not the way we wanted it to go. Um Congrats to Austin FC taking care of things at home. Uh, it's always did. tough. It's always tough. Um, you know, it's, it's always tough to uh, th these matches when when the things don't go your way. Um, hey Ben. Hey Hey Hoach. Uh, yeah, uh, as as we were kind of leading the show with uh, just that slow start. We've seen it hurt FC Dallas before. Nico referenced it, they, but they, they, they made adjustments, um, got stronger as the half one. Velasco got that crucial goal to at least get them back in the game, uh, but ultimately that second goal did not come. So uh, your thoughts on FC Dallas's loss last night at Austin FC, Jose? Tactics, tactics, tactics. I don't think anybody's happy with, with that, that Nico opted to play a cautious defensive uh, setup in the first half. Basically, the game plan was to absorb the pressure and and ride out the first half and then put on a pressure second half. Of course, that works if you can keep it scoreless. But 
giving up those three, those two goals and, and, you know, just two goals on the road. That's really tough to, to, to come back from. And, and especially since, you know, a guy like Paxton is, is, was clearly not a hundred percent. He was out there. He was battling, battling, you know, the few minutes, the, the minutes he did play, but you could tell that he was hobbled and, you know, Hara, have we ever seen a, a, a more complete half from that guy? Yeah. I mean, this season, I mean, he was inspiring, you know, I, I, uh, kudos to him. He, he played his heart out. He, he gave the team what they were lacking in the first half, which was fight, which was bite, which was the ability to just cause havoc. I mean, that was Hara legging it out uh, on, on a flank like he was a winger on several locations. And yeah, I, was, yeah. I was there for it. I was like, wow. You know, he wasn't going very fast, but he was he was going just as fast as the center back. So I was like, good grief. You know, Hara did used to play wing once upon a time and, and, and he flashed it here and there. It was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And I, I agree, Hoach, with the comments here that, you know, Cervania and Quinone in the same lineup that may have been health issues. And, you know, there, uh, I don't think anyone asked uh, Nico about that after the game, if that was certainly with Paxton, it played a role, but uh, yeah, Cervania just didn't look, uh, didn't look great in this game. There was a comment from Nico. I didn't pull it up, but where, he said, uh, and it probably contributed to Cervania's departure, but he just said guys were not staying disciplined in their roles and their movement, it just wasn't necessary. Some of the places they were going to was not where they needed to be. And you kind of wonder about their midfield, which was really just poor in the first half. Uh, but not, but I mean, the whole team was pretty, yeah. But that's one of the knocks on Cervania is that, that he has games like this where where he covers a lot of ground, sure, you know, like like a box to box, but it's it's undisciplined. It's it's all over the place. It's not it's not part of the game plan. So I mean, he does hustle, but does he? Is it within the game plan? Is it you know? Does it hurt the team? I think it does. You know, sometimes, not always. In this game, it did, and and that's that that was rolling the dice. I mean, we were all like, hey, they should have started Siki. Sick is the same thing as as Cervania. I mean, yes, he's 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 great going forward, but again, another inconsistent inconsistent player who can also hurt you. You know, uh, he hustles to make up for his mistakes, but he's in the same boat as Cervania. In all honesty, very inconsistent players, both of them, and that's youth. And that's, I mean, Cervania has to outgrow that at some point. But it was a tough ask. You know, we all expected Paxton to start. He gets injured, and Cervania goes from, mm -hmm. you know, uh, basically being a guy who'd probably come off the bench to, to now he's starting. And, and you yeah, know, in, in, anyone you slot in there, it, it's a roll of the dice, unless you change your formation or something. And even then, then, you know, it, it's a little, it would be a little bit different for this team. They haven't been playing in a different formation. So, and I know people are, are coming down on Quinone, but. Starting Quinone was part of the game plan. You know, if you're going to play defensive absorb type defense, you want Quinone out there. And, 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 okay, it didn't pan out. So, like I said, again, this is on Nico. You know, Nico opted to, to play it safe in the first half, and that hurt the team. You know, it, it, I think we all would have wished for him to come out fighting in the first half. And, and, and we certainly saw that from, from Austin. I mean, Austin came out, and they were flying, you know, flying all cylinders. 
I, I would love to have seen Dallas match them in the first half. They didn't. They 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 finally brought the fight the second half, but it was too little, too late. Mm-hmm. And it's that lack of having you know, uh, uh, Ben asked you know in our last podcast, who are you bringing off the bench to to be that scorer? And that that was just it. We didn't have an option, a consistent score that could come off the bench. Hara was great for what he was asked to do, but we didn't have that, that guy off the bench that, that was going to terrorize them. And, 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 and I mean, O'Brien tried. He, good grief, he had the best chance to tie it up, and that would have been sensational, but it wasn't to be. And, and, and it's heartbreaking, my man. It is. It, it is heartbreaking, and um, uh, it, it's just a tough one. Um, yeah, Siki. I mean, in retrospect, yeah, maybe you start Siki instead. I, but I, I think I think Nico maybe maybe Nico got got too much in his head about what he thought he was going to be able to do against this team, uh, and maybe they were watching to see what what RSL did. But you knew that Austin was going to come out with a different intensity than they did against RSL, and, and they preached that all week. So you had to rethink that a bit. Um, but it's it's the game plan, you know. Again, we're talking about. You want to play defensively, so you play Kinyon, you play Cervania, you play uh, at times, you know, it looked like we had two uh, defensive mids back there at times. Uh, I'm sure that's what Nico didn't want, and, and that, but that's what we're seeing. And even Jesus, you know, is <laughs> way back there at times, yeah. you know. So uh, I think if you look at the other potential game plan is, is you know, you start Siki, you start Surreal, and you go more aggressive. And I think the idea was, yeah, if we do that, we may score a goal, but we probably allow two goals in the first half, which they did anyway. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, you know, but but it would have been great if they would have put out a fighting, uh, a fighting uh, attacking first team in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then we wouldn't be saying, hey, you know, it sucks that we gave up two goals because at least you would have had a team that could have at least put a goal or two in the first half in return. It would have been a hectic game. And, and clearly Nico, Nico was, you know, his, his, his Spanish upbringing, Spanish, you know, tactical upbringing wasn't going to allow him to do that. And it's played off well in, in, in the uh, regular season, but not, not in the playoffs and Nico will learn from this. You know, he is, he is after all a rookie coach in his first playoffs and, 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 and he was bound to make mistakes. Well, we'll keep the comments coming. Let's commiserate together. Uh, we're going to, we're going to listen to some more post game comments and just because it gives us a sense of just, you know, we see how these players felt after this and uh, you know, even beginning to think about the bigger picture too, which was a season where we didn't expect necessarily to be here. Not a lot of people would have picked us, uh, Maybe on a you know that uh, first round playoff loss at, at best, but uh, so there's some things there's positives definitely uh, to take from this season. Let's go ahead and hear from Brandon Cervania and his post game thoughts. Brandon, tough result, not the way you guys wanted the season to end. Do you feel like it was just maybe a, a slow start to the game, but hard to pull yourself out of it? Yeah, I mean, we didn't play how we know we know how to play. Um, yeah, so so that's on us. Um, you know, it's a playoff game, and you can't afford to have a slow start in, in any of these games because everyone's great competition and they're going to take advantage of it. So, yeah. Looking at how last season ended, 
how this season ended in terms of the progress? What, what was it like being part of this team and making this run? Yeah, obviously it's a great group of guys. Um, and like you said, we, we made progress from last year. Um, it still hurts because we know that we could have, you know, gone further than we did. But, um, you know, we just got to learn uh, from what we did this year and, you know, keep progressing from, from last year to this year and then next year be even better. Yeah, and Brandon, I think it probably hits heavy on his shoulders just because he was, uh, you know, subbed off at the half. Uh, no, he probably didn't put his best 45 minutes uh, shift in there for in a, in the Dallas jersey. A lot of question marks, I think, about him in the coming season and kind of what the future is for a player like that who's certainly had a lot of experience now. He's an MLS veteran, but hasn't quite locked down that starting spot. It's kind of had an uneven year. You know, so there'll be a lot of questions about what's best for him or where he wants to be and, you know, how FC Dallas rates him. Um, but, you know, a tough way to, to certainly to end in, in, in the season with the belief that this team could have gone farther. I don't think it's just a belief. I think we know that this team could have gone farther. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what we're all basically, uh, you know, <laughs> we're used to being disappointed, I guess, you know, as FC Dallas <laughs> fans. But it's because this this team gave us hope, you know, it's like hey, we saw it. We, we could, we could see the potential there for this team to go further. And, and that's what hurts, you know, what hurts is, is man, you know, this team's good enough to beat Austin and, and that they fail to do it. That, that just hurts, especially because those guys are just insufferable. And, and uh, I know in the comments, people are like, Oh, I hope Austin gets this guy. No, no. Austin needs to lose, man. We, those guys are going to be insufferable as is. I don't need them getting any more insufferable than that. Yeah, I mean, as insufferable as this, like, fake monster taco that was served there. <laughs> Which Lord. popped up after the, the FC Dallas monster taco. So, yeah, it's like, coincidence? I don't Nonsense. think so. Nonsense. Nonsense stuff. Well, uh, <laughs> let, let's keep it going. Let's let's listen to one more post-game uh, conversation, this time with the captain of the team, Matt Hedges. Let's see how he uh, reacts to this loss. What are the emotions right now? Um, frustration, I mean... The first half, we we didn't look ready. We didn't come out like we were ready. We didn't come out with intensity, and it showed. It showed, and you can't win playoff games playing a one half. So that's kind of the story of the game. Is there something you think was reason behind that, or any pressure? What was it exactly? Honestly, I'm not sure. We seemed like we were ready up until the first whistle, and from there, I don't know what happened, but. You could just see that our intensity wasn't where with where it needed to be, and it's the difference between the first half and the second half was night and day. You just saw that we 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 pushed the game, and where we needed to be doing that the whole game. In the second half, you know, gotta get a little creative with some formations, some changes. Guys are just they don't usually get in, and, and even so, you guys still control the half, get one goal. What was the difference? What did it feel like on the field uh, as you were pushing to try and chase the game? Urgency. I mean, we need the urgency that wasn't there in the first half. I mean, we need. I mean, why we needed to do that when it was zero zero? Now we have to wait until it was two zero to start to start pressuring, to start uh, you know playing the ball, getting them behind, all those things that you know we didn't. If we don't wait until the second half to start doing all those things, you know we have a good chance to win. It might be too early to ask this, but you've been a part of this team for a really long time. You've been a part of these tough moments for a long time. What's the kind of the feeling about the 2022 season as we look back and then look forward to 2023? It's positive in a sense that you know the improvement from from last year was substantial. I mean, we we were a much better team, 
uh, frustration because you know we were we were definitely capable of winning that type of game today, the, by the way we played before. So, so you know it's it was good that we're here, you know, improving from last year. But you know, frustrating that you know we we, we could have done much better today. Yeah, Captain, he's uh. Uh, the word on the street, too, is when you interview Matt Hedges, he just doesn't give you a lot. He doesn't give you, he doesn't really, you know, he's kind of to the point. And, but, but you could he see. He gave a the, lot that time, though. But, yeah, you frustration know? of a professional yeah. who's been there and knows how close it can be, the, the razor thin line. And there's just and, something and let's not missing. forget, let's not forget he's, he's getting up there in age. So his window is, is, is closing, you know, and he, and he has to know that he has to feel it. Yeah. He has to feel it that, 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 that window. For him to get an MLS Cup is is net, you know slowly cut, uh, closing on him. It is. Here's another comment from Hoach here: frustration from the team and the lack of urgency. We all saw it. So is that from the coaches' instructions or players not performing their duties? Yeah, it's just and that's a good it's, question. It's both, you know. It's 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 there's such a thing as setting your team up to fail, you know. And if the game plan was absorb play defense absorb keep it zero zero that considering how how austin was in the front foot from the get-go that was just a terrible recipe for this particular match especially since you know that austin's capable of, of scoring you know so uh, we said it before uh, and when we were making our predictions they were going to be goals in this match and and dallas didn't embrace that they didn't embrace that in the first half they should have embraced it and they should have just acknowledged that hey What's the point in sitting back and playing defense when there's going to be goals? Then we need to basically match that. And they didn't. They didn't. Like they said, they got caught flat-footed. And, and it didn't help that they were making mistake after mistake, you know, even before the goals, you know. They were they were making and, – and I think that may have also led to a bit of panic, like uh, uh, not an all-out panic, but at least like, a, whoa, you know, we need to step back and, and catch our breath and slow things down and, and – that also didn't help. Yeah. It, it did seem like their hope was, uh, especially with the amount of long balls that we see that tried to go over the top, which just did not work. It just didn't work against Austin. No. And maybe it, it they, they hoped it would, and maybe you know it was just unlucky. But I think that they did hope to absorb and hit them on the counter early on. That was the game plan, hoping you, you get a goal. But... It just didn't work. It didn't work either because of the delivery from the players uh, or the movement of those guys running on. I mean, I think Paul Ariola didn't really particularly have a great game in this one. Um, I th I'm sure he's exhausted. It's been a long season. He's had his ups and downs. I think, uh, you know, Jesus, it was certainly not Jesus' best game. He was active, but the deeper he got, it just it it just didn't help we've, the team. Yeah. We've seen that, right? He, he dropped so deep that it, he takes himself – and, and I mean, he's fast. Here's, we forget that he's supposed to be one of the fastest players mm -hmm. in MLS. And, and it's that confidence that he's going to be able to get there that he has. But that can also hurt you, you know, especially when teams are set up to basically keep you from doing that, you know. And, and, and Austin did a good job of basically keeping Jesus out, you know. And, and, and we have to admit that Jesus finished in a slump at the end of the season, you know. When's the last time he scored a goal? Yeah. You know, it's been a while, and yeah. and and uh, it's come back to hurt the team. You know, mm -hmm. I, I agree, and um, yeah, you know, tough tough night, Tomasi. You know, you give up that that first set piece goal, that corner kick, 
which is just a mistake. It was just a, you know, just a, a comedy of errors that, that kind of fell together, which happens in soccer. Um, but, uh, and then you give up the sort of the, the counterattack goal and Jerusi just, just puts it away like a professional. And like that's the, just, and that first goal, though, that's scrappiness, you know, that's what this team was lacking. You know, Austin brought it. Austin brought the intensity. They brought the scrappiness and they scraped and scrapped and managed to figure out a way to get that first goal. And that's what Dallas was lacking. It's like, it's like you saw it when Hara entered, he brought that fire. He brought that passion that was lacking in the first in the first half and, and and like i said austin had it from the get-go and like he had just said you know it, it sh we shouldn't have to wait till we're down to zero to find that spark yeah. and and that that also you know brings you into into question you know does actually dallas truly see see austin as a rival that you can't get up for them you know that's that is that complacency saying hey you know these guys have never beaten us they're not going to beat us and 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 you know that's it's it's like I think we were all dreading. We we're like, you know, it's gonna suck if our first loss to these guys is in the playoffs, and and they, yeah, you know, nightmares come true. And the playoffs are a different beast. Well, Christian, uh, thanks for watching, Christian. Uh, I was bringing up this behind the scenes, but I worry about Jesus's mentality. He was too down on himself for not hitting the scoring record. He did certainly place a lot of pressure on himself. Um, I, you know, it's interesting to read some of the pieces that have uh, gone up about it. That he did, he started seeing a sports psychologist and things, and started working on his mentality. So, you know, I'm uh, I, I I appreciate that he put a lot of pressure on himself, um, and, and I appreciate that hunger. Yeah, I just did. Yeah, I hope I hope it didn't weigh too much on him, and he tried to do too much. That, that's a little bit of my fear in this this game is that that folk, some. Maybe Nico alluded to I didn't have that clip up, but where he just said folks were not not playing, staying disciplined, and so they're moving into spaces, and it pulled the team off, and it opened up gaps and that kinds of things. Um, you know, so maybe Cervania and Jesus and these guys went in thinking, you know, I've got to be the hero, and and um, and, and in the moment you just needed to stay disciplined. Um, you know, adjust to, to the game and and. and you get caught out of position. You get trying to do too much, and Austin punishes you. But it's tough. You know, tough game for Tumasi. It was not probably his best game. Uh, it, so there's certainly things that we look back and we can say maybe we learned something about the team. But um, I also want to point out that it wasn't Velasco's best game until he got that goal, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that sort of he wasn't actually having a good game. His touches were just too strong. He was having trouble controlling the ball. He was having trouble dribbling. Uh, he he. It, it, I'm not saying he had a bad game up until he scored a goal, but he was having a, a, a basically a roller coaster type of game where he was making bad. I mean, let's face it, his giveaway resulted in in the in the game winning goal, and and he did make up for it with uh, by getting another goal, but right. his performance overall was was up and down, and, and not consistent and and. Since we're talking Velasco, you gotta you gotta wonder why Nico even took him off the field. I mean, I mean, you take him off the field and then you get this set piece immediately afterwards, where you're like, would have been nice to have Velasco for that set piece, because let's face it, uh, it, it, it your best set piece takers, Velasco is one of them, and you think you'd want him uh, at the end of the game when you're basically trying to get 
corners and set pieces. Why take off one of your best set piece takers? I, I didn't get that one. That's 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 has me scratching my head. In all honesty, it and but it was likely due to his fitness. It was like one, wanting not to to aggravate. Well, but you know, it is the final game. It's, it's kind the of a final game, game of the season. I mean, he's going to have away. the whole offseason yeah. to recover, my man. You know, yeah, it is a uh, tough one. It is a tough one. Um, and Jesus wasn't really on point with his with his uh, service either. It just uh, and it. It's, and really, Jesus had a couple of chances that I think were solid, uh, were kind of near the, just inside the top of the box kind of a place, and he just, you know, mishit him. Um, maybe they weren't as strong as we thought uh, on uh, watching live, but you would hope he at least puts them on frame and makes makes the keeper say. But, hey, the positives. Alan Velasco grew into the game. And for a young player, that's huge. We, we can build from that. I think it just pose, uh, you know, bodes well for this next season and Martin Poss, you know, uh, did what he could, uh, you know, he certainly he made first two goals. He, he made some excellent, excellent saves. saves. First two goals. There wasn't a whole lot. I think that he could have done. Um, but, uh, he, he kept the team in it, prevented that third goal from go- going in because Austin still had those chances. Uh, so, so a lot of things to learn certainly from, from this, some positives to take away, but uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of I, I question also, marks as well. I also want to add that the best cross of the night came from Nanu, who we've all been saying can't cross <laughs> if his life depended on him, on it. And and there he goes, you know, second game in a row where he does something where we're like, where was that all season, you know? Uh, but and and, in, and in the, the playoffs, craziness in the playoffs, Nanu Nanu showed uh, his best form, and I don't think he'll be back, but. Yeah, but he can definitely if he can bottle that and take it to wherever he's going. That that would have been great to have all year long. And Hyder Obreon as a as an emergency right back, right wing back, whatever. Not anything we had on our FC Dallas bingo card <laughs> for the season. And he uh, did a decent job. Yeah, he, he got into job, some dangerous you know? spots. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's a it, it's 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 a it's a tough one. It's a it's a tough one for FC Dallas fans. We'll begin to look toward the next season. Of course, on BigDSoccer.com, we're going to be starting to move into silly season and, and you know, rumors, looking for rumors and news about, you know, what FC Dallas is going to do. And probably in these next couple of days, FC Dallas will announce roster decisions. So we'll kind of find out where, who's who's going to be departing, who they're going to pick up options for, some of those kinds of conversations uh, that begin. I'm going to predict that this is going to be a pretty wild offseason i'm expecting some really out there trades and stuff like that to happen because as much as in my heart if you asked me to make a prediction i would say oh this these players are staying there's no way that you know that these players are going and i've said that behind the scenes you know I, I don't think any of the homegrowns are going anywhere Manjom uh, uh uh will be back and and and, and uh el medkahar and, and all these guys but the truth is, the bottom line is that these guys are not Sonoda's guys. They may be homegrowns. And Sonoda, after having this huge offseason, may be emboldened. And in, in he could, for all we know, have a mandate from Dan Hunt saying, get us to that next level. What's it going to take? And he could mm-hmm. say, hey, we love all these kids. We love all these. But we need to start. If they're not pushing for a starting job, they got to go. Mm-hmm. We need to clear them. And, yeah. and and so the question is, it comes down to money, you know. I, I don't think they'll let go of some of these HGs because 
we're going to need net depth next year with League's Cup and the U.S. Open Cup. And, and they don't take up a lot of money, which supposedly we ran out of, which is hard to believe this yeah. year. Yeah. You know? Uh, so you're going to have to free up some money somewhere, somewhere. And, and, and having those, those homegirls that barely cost you a penny on the roster, I mean, you, you just can't beat that. And, and yeah. you know, they, they're, they're hard to get rid of a player like that to bring in a guy that's going to, you know, you're going to pay two or three times that amount and may still not play, you mm-hmm. know? So, so that's the question, but I think Sonota is emboldened and I don't think we have as much wiggle room as, as, as we'd like. So how do you do that? Trades, trades, trades. I mean, I'll give you an example of a trade that I would not be surprised. I see a Parker. Do you realize he's excellent trade bait? You got a guy who's, who's a gam guy. So he's not costing anything. He, he was a first round pick. And, and he's too good for North Texas at the end season, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's good enough for MLS. What if you dangle him in front of uh, St. Louis for next season and go, hey, St. Louis kid, we've already, he's already spent a full, a full year in the reserves. You guys have played against him. You know what he's got. He's ready to take that next step. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I'm not right. saying that they're going to trade him, but I'm just saying there's trade bait available on this roster if you're willing to make trades and and i i think i think a a team that that finished third in the west i think there's teams that are struggling they're going to say hey we could use some of your players you know so i that's what i'm thinking uh i i'm calling right now i'm expecting some pretty out of the out of the blue trades like who saw who saw hollings head getting traded last year Right, right. Something like that. I would not be surprised if that that's what happens, you know. Yeah, in this off season, Ben, we had yeah, we had Pass come in, we had um, we had Velasco, of course, and Farfan, of, and Ariola, uh, and Ariola. That's right. So and, I, and 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 those four, and that's not including Nanu, uh, and strong. and of course later on Lejet. I mean, there was some serious moves, and and honestly, I think Nanu is. Nanu's probably the only one that 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 we can think of that didn't pan out, but he wasn't a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, he was just not as good as we thought he'd be. You know, he just couldn't beat out Tuomasi, and 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 some of that had to do with Tuomasi upping his game. You know, so sure. so even Which though we still think want, we can do better, wants. even though we still think he, we can do better at right back. Tua Masi did up his play from last season and beat out Nanu. So this is something we, we did talk about, Christian. And, and I'm actually going to send an email to FC Dallas uh, media folks and just kind of kind of see if they'll confirm that Hara is signed until the summer. I think we, we're hearing that. Yes. That, is, That's, that, that lines that is. up with when his contract ended. He was signed on a free transfer. Uh, and if so, it does limit the team. Although I think there are options. I think, I think you know... I think the team could certainly cut him. They could decide to do that and just eat whatever is remaining on his salary. Maybe a team wants to sign him for free, and it's you know, and he and, and that's possible too. I mean, I'm sure Hara has some value somewhere, uh, to maybe uh, back in Argentina or something. Or maybe they say, "Hey, look, we want you around this year, uh, and but but get us, you know, we'll spread out your remaining salary over the year, and it's you know, you're you're now a TAM player." 
kind of a thing. It wouldn't be my ideal, but if Jesus is gone over the winter, if, if something like that happens, uh, you know, you'd have some continuity and some veteran leadership there. But uh, so, uh, yeah, there's, so a lot, there's some scenarios, I, think, I think. I don't think they're going to do anything with him. You know, knowing Dan Hunt, knowing that's his guy, I, I'm afraid, you know, Harris isn't going anywhere till, till his contract's up. You know, they're going to write him out. But that could be a blessing in disguise. I mean, if 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 Jesus doesn't go anywhere, and let's face it, we had two DPs in him and Velasco, and we did just great. So if you keep your attack intact, Ariola, Velasco, Jesus, and you already got Leggett and Paxton, and you figure out your DM, this team's in great shape. So Hara actually his contract being up, you know, in, in, in the summer that frees up a DP spot, right? When you need them. I mean, you could, you, who's your next legit, you know, who's the next guy you're going to, your next big name you're going to bring in the summer that, you know, it would be nice to have the team winning, you know, let's say like they were this year, let's say they're, you know, you know, three or four seed and not need a player and suddenly have a free DP spot where you go, okay, we have we can go get somebody that can come in and and now we have you know riches which is something that we see other teams do like like lafc and some of these where you're like how are they how can they afford all these guys it would be nice that's where that's what the position dallas would be in next year if if they just write out the hara come summer and if right. the team's doing good suddenly you free up a dp spot and you're like okay hey we got we can bring somebody in but i but my issue with that, I mean, I, I think you're right, Jose. I think it's fine. But my issue is that what if Hara, you know, scores some goals? What if he finds some useful tweak, you know, and he, you know, and then you don't want to let him go, you know? And what if, uh, you know, what if, uh, you know, it just upsets the teams? I mean, it's, it's a little awkward to cut a guy in the middle of the season, but not unheard of. So that's, I, it's common. I mean, it's common. Let's face it. It, it, because of the whole Liga MX and stuff, it's ideal for a guy like Hara to leave in, in the summer. Uh, the 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 problem isn't so much losing Hara. It's it's you got you know that's one less Argentinian on the <laughs> team, and, and that that's hey, you know, like you said that could hurt the 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 balance in in you know in the locker room. Yeah, we know Kamungo is going to be around. Whether he rates more as a winger with Nico, I think, which is probably makes more sense. But the team is definitely going to need to address some striker depth or someone to either compliment Jesus or to push Jesus. Or um, there's just mulatto. <laughs> mulatto is one of those guys, but still, he's going to be I've, young. You know, I've I mean, always been high on mulatto. That guy is his raw athleticism and and his raw strength. I mean, the guy is just a beast. And, 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 you know, he is a guy who, who, when he didn't play for North Texas, you immediately knew, noticed he wasn't there. I mean, that's how good this guy was. And he, yeah, he's raw and sure, but he is a, a, a true, uh, a true nine. And, and, and it would give you a guy that, okay, maybe I'm not saying he's going to come in and score, uh, uh, 10 goals or anything like that. But it would give you that that guy that by the end of the season could be scoring goals. So so I think he's a guy who's who's you've seen his trajectory climbing and climbing and climbing, 
and and the fact that that Bayern has first dibs on on if Dallas wants to sell him tells you what a lot of yeah. teams think about this kid. Yeah. And he was with the Columbia U20s, by the way, where he scored. I believe he scored a goal. I I I, I think he did. In the was it the bronze game yeah. or the? Yeah. So I mean, wow, this kid's trajectory right now is 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 on the up and up. And and you know, Desi Dallas loves themselves them South American uh, young talent. So, but I'm not saying he's an answer. And and mind you, I think I think Jesus was really upset because I think he knows he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. And, and here's 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 the difference between him and what we've seen with previous FC Dallas guys. And I'm talking about Reynolds. I'm talking about uh, Pepe. I'm talking about Cannon, where they went where the money was best and not necessarily their best fit for them. Jesus can't do that. Jesus is a false nine, and, and it's not like every team uses a false nine. There's only so many teams out there that are that are interested in what he brings to the table. And I'm talking about teams that want to play him as a false nine as opposed to convert him to an attack and mid or something like that. There's only so many teams, but the teams – that do play that style, I bet you they have him circled and say, okay, we want him and we're going to get him. And, and I don't, I'm not saying they're going to offer 20 million. I'm saying Jesus will probably go for a lot less. And he's, he's, he's hopefully he's seen from the other players that, Hey, it matters where I go, mm-hmm. go to a team that says, Hey, we're maybe we're not challengers or maybe we're not going to pay you the, the biggest amount, but we're going to make you our, you know, lightning rod, the guy that we're going to come through. And, and, and that's what he needs to do. Even if it's, you know, in Belgium or, or the Netherlands or something like that. And I think that's, what's going to happen with Jesus. I, I think Jesus knows he's, he's, his shot at, at his record are gone. Not, not because necessarily he's not, he's played his last season with his Dallas but I think he's played his last full season with FC Dallas because if he's not gone this winter, he'll be gone in the summer. Well, let's pace ourselves, everybody. We got a long off season. We have a lot of time to discuss these kinds of things and get into like which players we would we would part with or expendable. And, and remember, like even this just today, just being reminded that Justin Che is still under contract with FC Dallas. He's on loan. He could so get purchased. So, so it's Dante Sealy. Yeah, I mean, so there's some X factors out there. I mean, if if Che came back, not that I'm saying he will, but you could argue like, man, FC Dallas would not be in a bad place with four center backs on the roster um, that you know could all push each other. But there's a lot of scenarios that could go either way, and trades that could happen, and um, we we just we're gonna have to see starting sometime this week when that initials initial player decisions come out. And I know a lot of people are saying that Chase and coming back, but that's not the right thing. You should you should be asking yourself, what's it going to take to bring him back? What's it going to take to bring Justin Che back and, and keep him at least for a full season? And there's two things. One, we still have a U21 initiative spot available. Giving it to a homegrown kid would be awesome. Two, I, I think he would expect to be a starter. 
I think he would say, Justin Shea would say, hey, I want either Martinez spots or Hedges spot. That's what it's going to take. Make me your starter. I'm playing, you know, in, in Germany. You know, I'm I'm on the cusp. I can be your next big uh, sell to Europe. But if you want me, you're going to have to start me. And I think I, I'm just telling you, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying that's probably what it's going to take is, is a U21 initiative and and at least a rotating start where he's given, you know, uh, and, and how exciting would that be? I mean, if, if next season you've got uh, Tafari and, and Justin Shea basically as your two guys that are rotating with Martinez and Hedges, you know? Mm-hmm. It'd be a be a nice a nice thing to deal with. Now, Christian, to your comment, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the team, you know, ideally, my, my bright scenario that I'm still going to, I'm going to push, though this probably won't happen just because who knows, but is that, Kalen Acosta, I believe his contract is up at the end of the season. Uh, LAFC is going to have a log jam there, but you say, hey, Kellen, we'll make you a DP. Come and be our starting defensive mid, which keeps him in that system that, that fits the USMNT. I mean, I don't know if, if Burhalter is going to be there long-term or whatever, but Kellen could do well there. Uh, fits, but, but a DP where you can buy him down. And then you still have that slot, and you go out and get that attacking player. So you sort of address a couple of needs because you might be getting that attacking player on a, on a, a striker. And uh, you know, that that's what you might need to go get, but there are other areas too. I think that, that the it, team could look at. It sounds great, but, but you know, the problem with that scenario is, is Kellen is the one guy that people used to say that Dallas doesn't let go other players to Europe. Kellen is the one guy that Dallas failed to move to Europe, and and you know that that hit uh, him pretty, right. pretty hard, and you have to wonder if if there's still you know a little little some bridges to be mended there before that's even possible, and, and, and maybe, maybe a DP, but I have a feeling that given a chance, and the fact that he's been playing with the U.S. Men's National Team and he can get that that. European passport. I wouldn't be surprised if Acosta says, "Hey, you know, I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go on a free and go go to Europe, and go right. try out for some teams." You know, I have a pedigree. I may be over the age for some teams, but there's gonna be some 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 mid-table teams out there that will be more than happy to give me a shot. Yeah, you're right, and that's that's the he'll have flexibility, and and if LAFC can win the championship, you know, there'll be pressure, I think, to retain some of these guys and. Who knows? But um, you know, we'll just see. There's a, that's why there's a lot of scenarios there. But he's one name that would be fun to have. And also, back. also, is is he eligible now to be a free agent? By the way, that that'll be a good question. I I I'll have to look that up because I mean are, he's got to he be, should be getting up there. He yeah. should be eligible to be a free agent, which basically means he'll be able to go where he wants to go. So I mean, whether it's Dallas or maybe he wants to go play for Philadelphia Union or, or you know, right. you know, Montreal, who knows? He, I mean, I think if he's a free agent, he's going to be a hot commodity and, and maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe we'll take a DP contract to acquire services and, and uh, who knows if Dallas would be interested in that or not. We need, we need a six though. And, and you got to ask yourself, is Kelly in that six? Yeah, he may not be, he may not be what Nico wants, but, um, 
uh, you know, he's just an option within the league that you could go and explore and will and, be available. And I think, I think those Nico gives you a chance to get those USMNT right. uh, guys that are that are on the cusp or or are are looking to stay in within striking distance, you know. And, and I think Kellen fits that profile. So I hope there's no no hard, you know, animosity between Kellen and the team because yeah, I think I. I yeah, Don't, Grisso. Not, yeah, I mean, Grisso would have been Grisso. that same. Yeah, Grisso, who's who's been balling, you know, since since he left Dallas, and now anyway. Yeah. I, well, I, hey, w- one more bit of news before we we get out, and I and I hate that we I don't want us to close necessarily with this, but I do think it's a fascinating a little thing here. A little rumor is that. Uh, from Tom Bogert and Sam Stachel, uh that Ben Olsen, former DC United, longtime DC United manager, has interviewed for the Houston Dynamo job. Also, Hugo Perez, former FC Dallas alum, uh, who there were rumors <laughs> that he might have been in the mix of FC Dallas job, but I don't know that that was ever uh, confirmed. But uh, yeah, that 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 all just but confirms that it's going to be Hugo Perez, isn't it? Because I mean, isn't Houston going out of their way to like pick up every former FC Dallas player <laughs> personnel they can get their hands on. I mean, I, yeah, I would not Ben's be stunned a, if it's Perez. From what I understand is that Ben Olsen was a well-respected guy, and he was a player's coach. He certainly got a lot out of his guys, had good relationship. He knew what it was like as a, as a longtime player in MLS and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I also think th- those teams that he coached, he had good years and some success, but he, at the same time he also had those times where it was just like, it was just a revolving door of players, and it just wasn't ever quite working. It would go through these slumps, and he would sort of s- somehow save his job. I I don't know that that's what Houston wants to go, but but it may be better uh, someone more experienced than what Paulo Nagamura offered. You know, uh, man, they they need to stick to their interim coach. I mean, that guy is is basically, you know, Houston's ver- version of Lucci, except with some actual managerial experience in his belt. That guy, the, he knows that system, knows those players, and and the team actually played best under his interimship. And and the fact that if they don't give him the the managerial job, it just shows you what a train wreck Houston is. Because you've got your guy right there under your nose. Mm-hmm. Give him the job. Otherwise, Houston's gonna Houston, and we'll see you guys. You know at the bottom of the table again next year. I don't care who you bring in. That that team is dysfunctional. You got the one guy that actually knows the players, knows the system. And if he can't get the managerial job, yeah. Know, shame on you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. And uh, it's it'll be interesting to watch to see kind of how that unfolds. But uh, to our buddy Hoach there, yeah. You know, Look, nothing wrong with FC Dallas going young and developing players, and especially, I mean, we have talent to develop, and I think they should focus on that, continue to focus on that, but um, uh, we'll see how they balance that out, and we'll see if there are any of these guys who end up but, departing. But here's the, here's the thing, though, is I think we saw Dallas take a step forward and away from the Play the Kids this year. And and I don't know how you go back to that. Seeing seeing how it's panned out, you know. I just think it's more balanced. They that they were more balanced this year, and they just it's knew. more balanced. But but I'm just yeah. saying they're gonna go out and they're gonna try try to find the next legit. They're gonna try to try to try the next Ariola, and 
I'm not saying that they're completely going away from play the kids, but I'm just saying it. it, it, it some of the players that are going to be gone next year are, are very likely players like El Medgahar and Munjoma and stuff like that. I'm not saying they will, but they're not going to get replaced by younger players. They're probably going to get replaced by MLS veteran players, you know, who are in their 25, 26, 27. And, and, and I think that's what we're seeing from this team is they see that they are several pieces away from being a, a true MLS cup contender. And, and, and when that window opens, you, you kind of go through it. And I think that's what's going to happen. I expect Dallas to make moves as a contender. And that means adding veteran sure. players. Okay. No, We're not I, used I, to I it around here. We're not used to that, but I suspect that that's the way it's going to go. Unless, I mean, don't get me wrong, FC Dallas isn't going to pass up on, on another prodigy, you know, Velasco-type player if they can get their hands on them. That's just in the team's DNA. So I'm not saying they're 100% getting away from that, but I'm just saying you see what this team needs. And having a guy who's, say, uh, uh, eight-year MLS veteran starting at uh, at midfield next to Leggett when Paxton's injured, that's what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what you want it, it, as opposed to, hey, we got we got some homegrown kids that know the system, but yeah, but they're very inconsistent. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's where I, I see what the, and I think what we're seeing the move to, and I think even the North Texas uh, letting go of Ka is still trying, hey, how do we get this all, Oh, oh so, he, all right. Todd corrected us here. Uh, Hugo Sanchez. Hugo Perez never played for Dallas. Thank you. Is that a, is he, <laughs> I think, but I think I think he was he was like I think where we got confused is he was connected to the he was connected yeah. Dallas position. Yeah. He lobbied for it if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Good, I, thanks, Todd. Thanks for thanks for but clarifying. I think. I think North Texas is going younger next year. I said this before, it, 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 and it has nothing to do with Ka. It, 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 forget Ka. It's it's the fact that MLS Next Pro is a step, like like a half step below USL League One. And, and it's not – if you take the 11 best MLS Next Pros teams and play them against the 11 USL League One teams, I think that's a pretty fair fight. But it's the rest of the teams in MLS Next Pro that are total garbage. So so you don't have tough games week in, week out. You have a good tough match, you play Houston, and then you play a couple of teams that are not on your level that you're just gonna walk through. And then you gotta play St. Louis. And then you play a couple and, and that's the problem with MLS Next Pro. It's it's that it's a very unbalanced league, and next year it'll be even. It'll still be unbalanced. They'll add some good teams next year, some USL Championship teams, but you're still going to have that issue where there's going to be about 28 teams next year. There's going to be 14 good teams and 14 teams that are dog shit, mm. and that's the problem. And that's going to take several years. There's 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 some teams that are going to take years to figure out their method methodology and and, and their stuff, and it, it's just a watered down third division league right now. Mm. And so North Texas is going young. They're going to say, Hey, this is going to be our U 21 squad. We got a U 19 squad. This is going to be U 21. We're going to play. We're going to play. You, you're going to graduate from the U 19 to U 21. 
and and there's gonna there's still gonna be that big gap between North Texas and, and FC Dallas and there's getting out of USL League One widen that gap a little. But the team has to embrace it. They gotta say, hey, this is what it is. Yeah. Well look, let's leave it there. It's been a long show. We've had a lot to, to talk about, some good clips. We do invite you all to subscribe. We're gonna keep going through the off season. Our, our you know, we may not do every week, but <laughs> Uh, it's because there may be some slow weeks. And, we'll, we'll do it when there's some big, you know, movement. Yeah, with some good stuff, news. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely we'll let y'all know. And um, and 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 also, I think we're going to be planning. I'm going to be planning to have some uh, some of our guys from the uh, Twitter channel uh, who are part of the uh, supporters groups at FC Dallas just to come on and and have a session to talk about their experience with FC Dallas and kind of put their voices out there and kind of. And also let folks know kind of what the supporter groups are about and how that can be improved. Um, and mm-hmm. so look look for that or kind of improved conversation. Improved or grown, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So stay tuned, of course. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts. I'll be uploading the audio here in a little bit. And, of course, check out BigDSoccer.com for other good reading and, and see you on Twitter. Good night, Jose. Yeah, see you guys. Good night.